All wings report in. House dog, standing by. Mother goose, standing by. Low tech tuck, standing by. Lock S foils in attack position. Animal squadron ready for battle. Welcome back, everyone, to the Animal Squadron podcast. You're here with your hairiest host, Mother Goose. And Low Tech Tuck. Hell yeah. Back at it again. Back at it. Today, we are talking about The Bad Batch, Season 3, Episode 2, Paths Unknown. I remembered to look at it this time. <laughs> and it's not like uh, you didn't just watch it. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> But before we get into it, we do have a little bit of news that literally just came out today, at least the day that we're recording. The Mandalorian video game that Respawn was working on that we literally talked about last week just got canceled. Did it really? Yes. <laughs> That's news to me, too. Oh, my gosh. That sucks, man. Yeah, oh well. I was so excited <laughs> for this one. Yep. I yeah, it's just uh, it's going out to the to the field with uh, Battlefront 3 and 1313 um, th yeah yep yeah. all the games that could have been the Force Unleashed like Force Unleashed was supposed to be an anthology series so Force Unleashed 2 was supposed to be on a whole different character i think at a whole different like time in the Star Wars timeline um i'll never oh. forgive them for that yeah <laughs> they're like no let's just wrap it up yeah there's there's no kids that are in like middle school right now that'll hold it against us no no totally no not <laughs> <laughs> anyway i just i was scrolling uh through my news feed and i saw it my jaw literally dropped i was like we just talked about this it literally got announced last week yeah like is that even time to like start developing it like is that even like enough time to even like really start oh, i mean i guess when they announced that they had already started but yeah like my guess is they'd probably been working on it for a while and i don't think i'm not sure if it was an official announcement or the game got leaked um my guess is it probably got leaked and then the devs were like oh shoot people found out about it like right before we had to cancel oopsie Oh, yeah, like something that, like, wasn't their fault. Yeah, probably probably an EA decision. Yeah, well, I mean, I hope they do something, you know? Like, I don't want to be Star Wars gameless this right? year, other than Outlaws. Right, same. Which, I mean, not to go, I'll, I'll try not to keep us on this long tangent, but, like, it baffles me how much the game industry is struggling right now like microsoft laid off 1600 employees playstation just laid off 900 jeez epic games uh laid off a bunch uh and multiple other companies laid off a bunch of employees and there have been a bunch of game canceled like the mandalorian and i'm just sitting here like what what is going on like the game industry makes more money than the film and music industries do combined what is happening yeah well like because it can't be because of the economy right yeah oh oh actually i guess like to our 
depending on where and when you are, listeners, like in America right now, 2024, our economy is not doing great. Not the best. For context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're listening to this in the future and everything's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in a world where uh, groceries haven't doubled in the past four years and... Uh, <laughs> People can afford what, what, what? rent. You know, just little silly yeah. things like that. Silly, just goofy little things. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see. I still feel pretty confident in Outlaws. I think everything we've seen so far looks great. Uh, I mean, it could get canceled. Never say never, but I, I feel pretty confident that one should at least be coming out. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, if they, if they went through with, like, a full demo like they did like 12 minutes of gameplay i mean i would think that it's a like it was already pretty close to done yeah whenever they did that and then b they feel pretty confident in it for sure yeah yeah uh sorry be cool sorry listeners we hyped you up just to dare you down my bad <laughs> it happens man that's that's part of being a star wars fan right that's just it's a roller coaster sometimes for sure Anyway, Bad Batch, Season 3, Episode 2, Paths Unknown. What did you think? I liked it, and actually, I have a theory that I would like to talk about later in the episode. Oh, okay. Well, you just you just spit that out whenever you feel the time is right. Oh, yeah. No, I will slap that bad boy on the table as soon as I get the chance. Hell, yeah. I also really enjoyed this episode. I don't think it was as good as the previous episode. I think I was just a little more invested with... Uh, Omega and Crosshair and what's going on on Tantus. Like, I'm super invested in that. But I still really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this one, too. You know, that that's actually a good point, what you said. I feel like this episode was less, less emotional. Yeah. Um, and more, more just making progress on... How do we find America? Uh, how do we find Omega? Where is she? Yada yada yada. You know, like right. Uh, so it was good. I I liked it. Yeah, I did think it had a really strong start with uh, the crime syndicate. I I don't recognize this syndicate. Do you? Yeah. So it's the um. Uh, I forget their name, but it's the Duran family, and they had a run in with that guy already. Oh right, in the earlier seasons, we, right? We watched we watched the pike cut off that dude's horn. Right, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, and and like and we knew ahead of time, like it it was mentioned in that episode that his mother runs the crime syndicate, and he's, you know, kind of her little crony, her little right hand man. Okay, sick. And then he's trying to. I've, oh 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 um. The Sid's uh, weird lizard pet. They they steal it from the uh, no wait he steals it from Sid and then they have to go get it back. Right, right. You remember that? You remember that? Look, the cute weird little lizard thing. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you remembered because I completely spaced. Like I felt like we'd seen this person before, but I was like, maybe I'm just thinking of someone who is the same like alien species. Yeah, no, it's it's the same guy, okay. and that's why also it's important here in a second. Whenever it's like we found the guy that disgraced your family, yada yada yada. Right. 
So I just looked yeah. it up. Um, it's just the Durand, Durand crime family. Oh. Um, they keep it simple. Keep it simple. Now, they did say syndicate in the episode, so I feel like they probably do have a fancy syndicate name that we just haven't gotten yet. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I loved her little, like, execution laser uh, floor. Oh, yeah, the bad guy with the trapdoor trope that's <laughs> yeah. in, like, every movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wrong lever! But that moment where she's talking to Hunter and Wrecker and, like, the shot it's like a shot of her hand moving towards the two buttons, and then it cuts to a top-down shot of Hunter and Wrecker, like, highlighting the floor underneath them. Just that moment yep. of suspension of, oh, what button she's going to hit. I really liked that. Yeah, and I like the way that this scene is um, laid out because at first you actually get to see them use the floor and then they come in and the dialogue too, what I what I like is it's just really clearly laid out. Like they they con they demanded a chance to speak to her and she's like, nah, who are these guys? Maybe I should just kill them anyway. And then her son vouches for him, which I thought was kind of interesting, given the way that they left each other Yeah, earlier in the show. But they must have really impressed him. Yeah, for sure. And on what you were saying about the floor, like, demonstrating what it does beforehand, like, it was a really great example of show don't tell. You know, because... Hunter, it could have just started with Hunter and Wrecker walking in and her being like, well, if I hit this button, you'll die. Yeah, and that would have been, like, kind of annoying. I yeah, would have, would have been awful. But they, um, I don't know, just little, little details like that I really appreciate. Yeah, I agree with that. And one thing I thought was interesting, too, is they still had the horn. They got chopped off. Yeah, me too. Especially now that I'm remembering that episode. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I wonder if the if the Pike had it that cut it off or if the Bad Batch had it. I'm guessing the Pike probably kept it, right? Like as a, a badge of honor or a trophy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't. Or, I mean, I could also see Hunter picking it up. Like, I feel like he'd have the foresight to say, yeah, I probably could use this in the future. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and there's a bunch of things he could have used it for, like, for instance, like, what if the Durand family was chasing them one day? Yeah. He could use that to bargain, or a situation like this, or... For sure, know. yeah. Got a lot of options. Got a lot of options, and he's a he's a smart guy. That's right. But he used it here to get uh, a location for where Hemlock is, and... I like just little details of them talking. Um, you can definitely tell that time has passed, but I also appreciate the fact that they're not really specifying exactly how long it's been. Yeah. Yeah, like I like how their their armor that was quote-unquote new last season, like we watched them paint it, is already faded and chipped and cracked again. Yeah, yeah. And then so. little, little details, like, we I don't think we mentioned this last episode, but, like, Omega's hair grew out a little bit. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else here before we move to the next scene? Uh, no. Um, actually, I guess one more thing with the passage of time thing. In this episode, later on, uh, Hunter does actually say 
that Omega's been in there for a long time, and I won't let her wait. I, I won't let her be there another day. Right, right. So I mean, it's been a long time for sure. Um, Which I think that's actually the next scene because they're um, they're flying through space, and Wrecker says, "Hey, uh, you know, it's still going to be a couple days before Rex and oh. um, Echo can come help." Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. And then they had to hit us with the that specifically that line of dialogue or lines of dialogue. They just had to remind us that Tech's dead because Wrecker's like, you know, last time we went in without help, we didn't all come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm and not I... crying. You're crying. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that I liked about that, too, is that was really deep for Wrecker. I'm yeah. glad that he said that and not someone else. Yeah. Because if someone else said it, that would just be kind of like, I don't know that would just be kind of like a passing comment but like for him like he thought about that and has been thinking about that like that's a pretty deep thought for wrecker right right which i liked i mean i just thought it was cool with how his character's been in the past yeah versus where he's at now yeah for sure and then somewhere in that there is the line that you mentioned that hunter says and this line was really interesting to me because Clearly, he's not thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. You know, typically he's a little smarter than this. He'd be the one to say, yeah, we should wait for backup. You can see just how distressed he is about losing Omega. Yeah, no, it's to the point now where he's straight up panicking. Yeah, yeah. And it works out this time. But honestly, if he keeps acting like this, like, Someone else is going to get hurt. Yeah, and unfortunately with it being the final season, um, I think that's kind of foreshadowing that he oh, is going to no. get someone killed, maybe even oh, himself. No. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh no, we have to talk about it. I'm sorry. Um, The posters, the posters for this season have, or promotional art, have hunter's helmet being hung on something like the clone helmets from the very end of clone wars after um, ahsoka buries them oh i know i know Ooh. i wasn't thinking but also <laughs> but also is that him hanging it up like he's retiring because he lived you know what that's my hope okay he retires yeah. and he just He's just Omega's dad from then on. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But, or they all die. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. I'm excited, though. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. And I'm... I'm Not excited for them to die, but excited to find out what happens. <laughs> like I said, I really <laughs> hope it's a blaze of glory moment against, like, Darth Vader or some Inquisitors. I know we've talked about it, but, like, I feel like that would be a really fitting moment out, going out for them. Oh, yeah. I'd cry, but it would be so cool. Right? right. <laughs> it would be so cool. But I never really thought about it before. Um, like, in my mind, since this show started, I'm like, don't get too attached. They're all going to die in the end. But I think you're right. It's possible that um, probably not all of them, but maybe some of them may, like, retire. Maybe they'll go back to the island they found. And that's why we never see them later is because... They've been through enough. They're done. 
Yeah, or like we talked about, too, with the Ahsoka show. I mean, just because someone's not in the whatever mainstream thing doesn't mean that they're dead. Right, right. The galaxy is huge. Yeah. Like, they they could have lived until episode nine. They could be alive during the Mandalorian, for all we know. Just straight chilling. They could. It's possible. Um. Okay, so something I wanted to bring up is I was looking for the number of stormtroopers there were just because I was curious. And one of the first articles I found said that... Uh, I was talking about if uh, stormtroopers had families, and then it cut to saying that the first stormtroopers were likely clones, so no, they didn't have names or families. And I was, and my heart broke a little bit. I was like, oh, you had to do them to them like this? <laughs> but also, they... Well, as far as we know, they all had names. I I don't know of any of them that didn't. And then as far as families, we know that they were capable of it. Yes. Yes. Um so no, I think um I think the person who whoever wrote the article probably just didn't have a good understanding of Star Wars lore, but I just the disrespect that they gave to the clones <laughs> yeah. to to our vets. Yeah, that's what I was going to say to our galactic vets. <laughs> um, anyway, do you have anything before we get to the planet? Uh, no. The only thing was one quick, one quick little deal is it made me really sad that Omega's little toy hadn't moved. Oh, is in the exact same spot. Oh, no. <laughs> Doesn't that hurt you a little bit? A lot of it, oh. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, they didn't even put it away. Yeah. Oh, and the fact, like, I don't know. I've I've thought about this, but I haven't really processed it till just now, I guess, is the fact that she used the straw to create, you know, as close of a version to that exact same toy as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then also, like, like, looking at her room, they left her room the exact same. They never touched it this whole time she's been gone. Oh, that that really hurts. Ouchie. Uh, okay, so we get to the planet, and uh, it's foresty. Yeah, it's foresty, and there's a big hole in the ground. Big hole in the ground. Where a base was. Yep. And it got Caminoed. It got Caminoed. And not only that, but like we learn later that that all of the clone cadets or most of the clone cadets were there. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why would they why would they move the clone cadets away from Camino here just to have them <laughs> Caminoed later? Well, they wanted free experiments. Oh, yeah. You know, what? actually, that's a really good point. Yeah, they were just they were just bodies. They served Hemlock's purpose, and then he got rid of them. That sucks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so far. This has been a very, very uh, happy episode, hadn't it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, it just made me really think about the fact that, like, of course, the Empire would genocide these children. It's literally an army. Or a potential army that could rise up against them here in a few years. 
Oh, yeah. And also, the Empire never hesitates to kill children. <laughs> right. That's right. never once been something that they struggle with at all. They're yeah. fine with it. They sleep fine. They aren't worried. Right. And imagine, like, just hypothetically, the clones do start a civil war. The Empire definitely, it's going to be probably a drawn-out war. I don't think the Empire could take them all out in one go. Yeah, in the EU, if I remember right, I think it's months. Yeah. Like, it's like, but it's a solid amount of time. So, hypothetically, like, they spend months, years fighting these clones, and then, oh, look, there's a whole nother batch of them that have just aged into their fighting age. Definitely makes sense that they the Empire killed them, but it still sucks. Oh, yeah. Well, and even a clone kid is probably more dangerous than most normal adults. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, one of the clone cadets in this episode just flies the ship just fine. Yeah, right. He's not worried at all. Yeah. And then the other one, like, you know, Hunter just tosses him a pistol and he's just shooting and he's fine with it. Like, it's not even, you know, probably hasn't even seen a gun in years. Yeah. And uh, he's just shooting no problem. Just straight chilling. Mm-hmm. But yes, so we find we find some clone cadets and uh, we find out that pretty much what we've been talking about is that uh, it got Kaminoed and that these three clones barely escaped alive. And what hurts the most is when they're talking about how the other clones didn't come back for them. Yeah, yeah, they just left him for dead. Yeah, oh, and then just, like, there's got to be just a, a little bit of jealousy of, like, oh, well, these defective clones are coming back for one of theirs. Why couldn't why couldn't the normal ones come back for us? Well, and there is, like, Mox even kind of says it. He says, um, you know, they're risking their lives for someone in their squad, and I respect that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that actually means a lot to him. In fact, it's what changes his mind on leaving them. Right, right. I'm really curious what other what other experiments were happening here because we see the vines, which I want to talk about here in just a second, but then, you know, yep. Mox mentions just the terrible things that Hemlock was doing and I'm curious, do you think Hemlock created this vine monster? Um Maybe. I, it seems like Hemlock's specialty is more on, uh, this is the wrong word, not like biological, but it seems like specifically like cloning and like more humanoid stuff. He doesn't seem like a plant guy, is what I'm saying. That's fair, yeah. But, you know, maybe maybe he had someone on his team that was, was a plant it. person. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. Well, so we first get to see our vine monsters as they're walking back to meet Mox. And yep, we have more Star Wars cryptids, everybody. We got some more Star Wars cryptids. Um, they literally say, don't touch the vines. And Wrecker literally just grabs one and pushes it out of the way. <laughs> Which, you know, first time I saw it, I was like, Wrecker, you're so dumb. Why would you do this? And then when I watched it uh, just, you know, 20 minutes ago, I was really paying attention to the vine. And, like, that is a big, 
beefy vine. Like, just looking at it, it looked more like a uh, tree branch, like a big tree branch than an actual vine. So I, I don't know if I would have been able to not make that same mistake, you know? Yeah, or, I mean, what about the millions of times that he's pushed a branch out of the way and it was no problem right right yeah even if there was an animal stalking them or whatever like he could fight it yeah you know he would he he has an excuse to not be that worried yeah for sure <laughs> it's stupid he should have listened to the kid but oh well and I'm, I'm sure there's also part of him that's like oh well these kids aren't fully trained they don't know how like how to scale the danger properly. Like what's dangerous for a untrained clone or unfinished training clone cadet is not dangerous for a fully trained clone. Yeah. And at that Wrecker is quote unquote, superhuman too. Like he's not, he's not a normal clone. Yeah. Either. He's just, he's just super strong. And so I think like it'd be, it would be kind of hard to not think of yourself in that way, like, okay, like, it might be dangerous for a reg, but I'm Superman. Like, why would I be afraid of that? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's something that did kind of bother me, though, during this scene is they're fighting the branches, they're using their blasters, and the kid's like, don't use your blasters or it'll make it angry. And so they stop using their blasters, but I was just sitting there like, but they kind of already were doing that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like Wrecker said, uh, he's like, wait, it's not agitated. <laughs> like, as they're running. <laughs> right. <laughs> they make it to Mox and we kind of already talked. Well, about actually. Oh, oh, I'm ahead. sorry. I just thought of something with the agitation thing. Maybe also. Uh, what was it? Is it Deke? What's his name? Yeah. What the one kid. of them is Deke and Mox. And I don't remember the last one. It's uh, Stack. Stack. Okay. Yeah, and Deke is the one with Hunter and Wrecker. Yeah. One thing that I thought about, too, and just now whenever we were talking about the agitation thing, is maybe also Deke had seen it sprout out those little seed teeth monster things, like those little those little plantlets. Yeah. I guess I'm going to call them. And maybe that's what happens when it Oh, and it's agitated. Like, like maybe at that point it was still just trying to explore them, even though it looked threatening. It was just still trying to feel them out. Like, what are you? Like, why are you in my area? Right, right. And then whenever they started shooting it, then it started sprouting the little plantlets. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so curious about this whole environment and these creatures because we see later... Like, there's one really big one, and then we see some tiny ones, which I wanted to point out, look just like the Flood, and I'm vibing with that. Um, Yeah, actually, uh, are you ready for my theory? Oh, yeah, go ahead. We've seen this monster before. Really? In Star Wars. Okay. I want you to think back here. Travel back with me to the year 1977, Elijah. Huh. Okay. My initial when you first on, on the on the Death Star, too. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. My first initial thought was you were talking about Force Unleashed, um, the Shock T fight. But mm. you're talking about the trash that, compactor monster, aren't you? 
Yes, I am. Because actually in Force Unleashed, that's a Sarlacc. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But in, yeah, the Trash Compactor Monster, I think that that is a small one. Interesting. Okay. That was that was thrown away. Oh, yeah. Like it got it got into, let's say, a Empire Transport or whatever, and they threw it away. Because okay. they're like, oh, these things have been obsolete for 20 years. Like, we don't we don't need this thing anymore. OK, yeah. So just chuck it. You know, it, it doesn't matter. I could totally see so, that. Yeah. And then also my other my other theory, too, is that it. It at least is part Sarlacc or at okay. least like a cousin. of. Yes, I think that was my theory, too, is that maybe at least the big one that we see later um is either, like you said, related to the Sarlacc, or isn't it is a Sarlacc that they'd been testing at this base? Yeah, I could see it. Or they took a Sarlacc and then just started adapting it for a forest environment instead of a desert environment. Yeah, yeah. With like weird science stuff. And it's just a bunch of random bases throughout the galaxy where they're uh, adapting Sarlaccs to different environments. Dude, a frost. A frost sarlacc and then also a lava sarlacc would right. be so terrifying. I feel like the frost one would be the scariest because, like, you could pack some snow lightly uh, on top of its mouth. And then so, you know, it could attack and eat people as they're walking over it, almost like an antlion. Oh, yeah, and they just have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. But if these aren't sarlaccs, I, I'm really curious if, like... What the relationship between the big one and the little ones are, uh, the ones that I mentioned that looked like the flood, like, are they its children? Are they the same species, just different sizes? Or are they two totally different species, but, like, you know, they evolved on the same planet, and so they have similar features? And maybe, like, I could see it being, like, a symbiotic relationship, like the um, birds that will clean, um, you know, alligator teeth. Yeah. Actually, um, those little flood guys, that's who I was talking about whenever I said plantlets. Yeah, yeah. So we actually we actually watch one uh, come out of a vine oh, after okay. Hunter cuts it. Gotcha. I think I missed that part. Yeah, so they actually, they, they definitely come from, like, they it is all the same monster. Okay. But I do think, kind of like the flood, I wonder if it's sort of a hive mind. Yeah. Not totally a hive mind, but kind of. Yeah, I could see that. Like, there's one, like, each individual one has its own will. Yeah, yeah. But if the if the big one dies, then they all die. I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, anyway. Yeah. So, I, I like that weird monster. Thought it was interesting. Me too. Um. Okay, so... Uh, they take him to Mox. Was there anything else you wanted to say at um Mox, or while they're there with him? No. Great. Uh, so they go and get our boy Gonky. Uh, so glad to see him get some actual use. Yep, our main man. Um, and then really, there's not. Oh, oh, go ahead. We got mixed up. We got mixed up. We were just talking about the scene after that. Yes, like, so like they they go get Gonky before they go into the temple. Yes, um, yeah. 
Uh, so Gonki, then they go to the temple. Uh, a lot of what we talked about happens. Very convenient, I wanted to say, that uh, there was just one terminal that didn't get destroyed. <laughs> yeah. But I really loved how they did this scene because it, it felt ominous. You know, they're walking through the dark. Uh, they fight a couple of the smaller vines here or there. Um, they're downloading the data. Uh, Hunter, you know, clearly hears something. We hear something. And I'm, I wasn't sure if it's was, like it was pretty loud for us. And I wasn't sure if that's like what Hunter was hearing or what everyone was hearing, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I got you. They get attacked, they fight, but I really, I really like, it cuts back to Mox and Stax, and I love this conversation where they're talking about uh, abandoning them, and Stax wants to abandon them, and he's bringing up how the ship is gonna get overtaken by the vines, and very clearly you can tell that Mox is thinking, okay, it's gonna get overtaken by the vines, we need to go, you know, take care of that so we can all leave together but he doesn't tell that to Stax and I really liked how that was all shot and uh the script and handled I, it was just really good yeah yeah you can you can see well it's an it's just another one of show don't tell I mean you can just see it on his face yeah even though he doesn't actually say anything right right and that moment when they're on the ship and the distress call starts coming through I really liked how that was handled as well. Yeah, actually, real quick, whenever they are making the plan to go grab the ship, that's when the line about um, when Mox tells Stack, uh, you know, that they're willing to die for a to go find a member of their squad. Right. And right. I respect that. Yeah. I think that just kind of flips his whole world upside down. That like, not all the clones are bad. Right. Yeah, and I'm really curious what what we'll see of them in the future. Like, are they are these kids just going to end up um, on the island living a good life? Or I could totally see them joining the Rebellion at some point later on. Yeah, I can also see them at some point coming back to the Bad Batch in this season. Yeah, I could see that. Or going with Rex and Echo, maybe. Yeah. I, I kind of hope it's not Rex and Echo just because I really, I really think that the Clone Rebellion and network that they're building is, it's going to get wiped out probably by the end of the season. And I just, I don't want to see it. I know I have to, but I'm going to cry. So we, we know Rex makes it for sure. And Cody. Yes. Uh, he's, or no, wait, Cody, we don't know for sure. Not Cody, it. it's Wolf, but and, Rex for sure. Wolf and Gregor, I believe. Yep, yeah, we know all three of them make it. Which is a really low number compared to how large of a clone network they've built currently. Yeah, no, I'm sure they probably have at least hundreds at this point. Yeah. So they're running, they make it to a pool, and the ship comes, it lowers the rope so they can get up and of course this pool is directly located where the large mouth of this giant creature is yep very convenient <laughs> and that's where we see that it is sarlacc like very sarlacc like yes i think they handle this as good as they could you know they fight off the arms the kids drop some explosives in its mouth and it blows it up the only thing i 
had when I was watching it, I was sitting there thinking, man, it's really good that its limbs went loose when it died and didn't tighten up. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, man. They would have been screwed. Right. <laughs> Just thinking of like a, you know, a spider as its legs kind of curl in and down and definitely worked out for them. Yeah. But yes, did you have anything else on this action sequence? No. Great. Uh, so they escape. They're, oh, oh, actually, real, real quick question. Do you think that had they had time to download all the information from the terminal that they would have gotten the exact location of the lab or was that information even on the terminal right i i'm so torn on this because i mean hemlock had to get the information some like he had to know how to get there at some point that information had to have been transferred but I, I don't know if they'd send it to just like a nor I don't know if it would be available at just like a normal terminal. Yeah, I don't think so. I I kind of am of the opinion that this is either some sort of trap or it's the wrong info. I think that's possible. Ooh, or maybe it could be that um they didn't actually get any useful data, but Hunter didn't want to disappoint the kids. Oh, maybe. Uh, you know, almost dying for this data and not actually getting it probably wouldn't be the best for morale. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, boys. <laughs> we'll drop you off on this planet. Have fun. Bye. Bye. Um, no, I think I think that I'm going to trust what Hunter said, um, that they got a general kind of section of space. It's nothing, it's obviously not enough to know exactly where to go, but it's just a place to start looking. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's everything I had. Yeah, me too. Dope. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Animal Squadron. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to be a part of this conversation, you can email us at animalsquadron at gmail.com. Again, that is animalsquadron at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, the question of the week will be just what you thought of The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3. And if you're listening somewhere where you can leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. Good or bad really helps us out either way. And for the Animal Squadron, this has been Mother Goose. And Low Tech Tone. Goodbye, everybody! Adios.